Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, 18 through 25, and it's found on page 959. There's actually in your pew Bible no page number on that page because it is the beginning of the New Testament, so they didn't put a page number there for whatever reason. And as you're turning, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. When I became a teenager, sometime around Becoming a teenager and my dad going into ministry became a popular little Christmas quiz. Um, and I think it was directly specific for PKs or, or other clergy family in that it was questions about, can you pass a test on the biblical story of the birth of Jesus? And these were fun, cute little games. And so we're, we're going to play it here today. We're, are you all ready for a quiz? Everyone came ready for the test, Right. Okay. Now, it's not to make anyone feel embarrassed or unknowledgeable. It's that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use the handheld if that's okay. Miles, are we good here? We good here? Here? There we go. All right. The rain's messing us up today. We're okay. Everyone can hear me now? All right. So let's go to this quiz that you all studied hard for all week and came here. Okay, first question. Who told Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem? Caesar. You're right. I wasn't expecting that many right answers. I am both proud and sorry that I completely underestimated you. Caesar Augustus is the one. It wasn't an angel. It wasn't Mary and Joseph on a whim. It wasn't Mary's mother-in-law that said come home for Christmas. It was Caesar Augustus had a census, and that's why they traveled. Now, how did they get to Bethlehem? The Bible actually doesn't say. It was, we, it was 80 miles. She was pregnant. We assume Joseph is a smart man, and so there must have been some animal used to help that journey, but the Bible specifically does not inform us if they even took an animal or a car or a plane or a reindeer for that matter. Now, when we get to the, to the nativity scene and we see nativities put up everywhere, but according to the Bible, we want to answer this question. How many wise men or magi came to visit Jesus? Well, it's not zero, and it's not, it could be three, right? We don't, we don't know, but the Bible never tells us. We know it's plural, so we know it's at least two, but then we don't know how many more than two. We naturally go to three and give each wise man or magi in our nativity scene a gift because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and so we just naturally assume three, and it makes it easier when we're creating these nativity scenes. Now, What was the name of the innkeeper? This is the real hard one. 
I hear a lot of, nobody's real confident in this. The Bible, again, doesn't say. There actually, in both Matthew and Luke, there is no innkeeper at all in the story. There is no innkeeper in the story. Rather, both accounts of the birth of Jesus merely tell us that upon arrival in Bethlehem, after the birth of Jesus, they say why he was born in a manger is because there was simply no room at the inn. There's no innkeeper. There's no refusal of servants. There is no saying, sorry, we're full. It happens to be that the emperor of the Roman Empire called for a census, and Bethlehem is the town of David, and so all of those in the lineage of David go to register there, and maybe Joseph and Mary were just poor planners and didn't get their hotel on time, and they didn't have the app, Hotel Tonight, to be able to get a last-minute booking. But there is no story of an innkeeper. We'll end with this next one. Final question. What animals were present at the birth of Jesus? You all might be right, but we don't know. Again, again, in Matthew and Luke, neither one of them tell us that any animals were present. Now, we do know that the shepherds go to visit Jesus wrapped in swaddling cloths, and they would be really bad shepherds if they left all their sheep behind that night. Now, the other thing we are told is that in Isaiah 1-3, it says, the prophet says, that the donkey saw its master's crib. And it also tells us that there's possibly an ox present as well. And so animals were more than likely present, but the Bible doesn't specifically say. Now see, these quizzes and tests, they can be fun when we're not looking to make sure our GPA stays up. And and most of what we learn through these quizzes isn't the essential thing. For the essential is that Jesus is born. That God is with us. As he proclaimed in the Old Testament that he would always be with us. As he came down in incarnation in Jesus and was born, named Emmanuel, according to the prophet Isaiah. And in the Gospel of Matthew, meaning God with us. And even after Jesus' resurrection, before he ascends into heaven, at the Great Commission, he tells the disciples he will be with us always to the end of an age. So let's turn now to Matthew's telling of the birth of Jesus here in chapter 1, verse 18. It's written, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Jesus before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, as he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Here in Matthew's telling of the birth of Jesus, he tells us that he's God with us. He shall be called Jesus because he will save us from our sins. But the first 17 verses before he tells us the birth of Jesus, he goes through a genealogy locating Joseph back to David, back to Abraham back to Adam, so that thereby the birth of Jesus, he would be located there as well. Now, when we look at the scripture and we look at nativity scenes, when we think of Christmas, Joseph can sometimes get overlooked. And so when we read Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, we can learn a lot from the faith of Joseph. He displays his faith in really three distinct ways here in this story. First, he sacrificed his reputation to go ahead and marry Mary. Mary, who he was engaged to, was pregnant. And it was not his child. And the law allowed him to not only divorce her, but to take her publicly to go be stoned and killed. Now, Joseph wasn't going to go that far, but he did decide to avoid her shame and to divorce her quietly until the angel showed up. And the angel told him that this is the Messiah, conceived by the Holy Spirit. His name shall be Emmanuel, that he should name him Jesus. And Joseph had faith. He had faith that what the angel of the Lord said was true. He had faith because he sacrificed his reputation. He sacrificed all the gossip and the whispers, the murmurs, the pointing, the laughing, the people walking on the opposite side of the street with the strange eyes and the whispering. Joseph sacrificed his reputation and married her. For it says in the scripture in verse 20, But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which she conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. To have no fear in this moment. Now, if Joseph's going to go through with this engagement and marry Mary, that's a great scandal for a town of any size. It would be the talk everywhere, the talk at the watering well, the newspapers. But he does it. He marries her. A woman who he was engaged to, who became pregnant, without his kid. And through this marriage, 
Joseph demonstrates trust in the Lord. Trust that the angel said this baby was conceived of the Holy Spirit, that he is God with us, that he is the long-awaited Messiah. And it's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, that if Jesus did not die on the cross and was not actually resurrected, if he was not actually resurrected, then we who believe in him are to be the most pitied in all the world. And Joseph trusted that the Lord would be faithful to his promises, despite the sacrifice he would have to make personally for it. And then Joseph demonstrates his faith and his trust in the Lord by making sure what the prophet had prophesied of being born a virgin stayed true. For it says they were married before Jesus was born, but he did not take her to be his wife until after Jesus was born. So that the words of Isaiah 7:14 would be fulfilled. So that Joseph trusted in the long-awaited Messiah. And then finally we see here at the end in verse 25. It says And he called his name Jesus. Joseph has now married her, knows it's not his kid, has heard the word of the angel, but he took responsibility and assumed the position of earthly father. And he didn't name him a family name. He didn't name him whatever he and Mary had talked about, but had named him what the Lord had commanded through the angel, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph, in the midst of it all, demonstrates a trust in the Lord in a moment of great crisis and controversy in his own life in a very difficult situation that required Joseph to make sacrifices to be able to trust in God, to believe in the Messiah. He had faith. Joseph trusted not in himself, but in God. As Christians, we come and we celebrate Christmas with great pomp and circumstance. And we stand in awe and amazement at the birth of Jesus. Because in him is our hope and our salvation. And so it stands that trusting God and believing in Jesus will require us to make some sacrifices in our lives. May require us to make sacrifices to our reputation. It may require us to make sacrifices to our ego and our pride. For when Joseph found out Mary was pregnant with Jesus, gone were his dreams of what marriage would be like. Gone were his ideas and understandings of what being a dad 
would be like. And here, at the birth of Jesus, Joseph stands strong and shows us what it means to put God first and himself second. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks that this baby, Jesus, you sent, lived, fulfilled all of the prophecy that he was obedient to dying on the cross so that our sins may be forgiven and that he was resurrected. We thank you for not only for not making Joseph look foolish in his faith. And we ask that we have a strong enough faith that would not be afraid, that would trust in you completely, to know and see that you are our only hope, that you are the one who brings us salvation. And that if we trust in you and put our faith in Christ, you will not make us look foolish. You will give us eternal life. Lord, we thank you for that amazing gift.